0: Welcome to Phantom Faction Podcast, a podcast to educate, entertain, assist, and guide anyone involved or interested in the paranormal. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at PhantomFaction at Outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny.
1: And welcome to Episode 1 of Phantom Faction Podcast. I'm Danny. I'm Dan. And I'm John. We are your three hosts for the Phantom Faction Podcast. And what is Phantom Faction Podcast? We're going to tell you exactly uh, what we believe this podcast is all about. John, Phantom Faction Podcast. What does that mean to you? This new podcast, uh, the phantom portion is kind of the, you
2: know, the spooky, the, the things that make us maybe... Uh, jump back, the things you dream, the things we experience that we can't explain. Um, We have a small faction right now, and we're going to grow it with our listener base, and we're going to bring a large group of people together into our faction, and I think the podcast part is pretty self-explanatory.
1: Well, Dan, I think he explained it well. I know, he did a great job. (laughs) Dan, what can uh, people expect out of our podcast?
3: Uh, I guess... We're going to, uh, be t- like John said, we're going to be talking a lot about, uh, our experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, I mean, all three of us have had some, some crazy things happen to us in the past. Um, and the not so distant past. Um, and what th- the main, the main thing for us is we're here to listen to other people as well. I mean, mm-hmm. there are a lot of people out there who have, uh, strange experiences and have odd occurrences at home and maybe in their businesses and they don't have anyone to talk to about it. Mm -hmm. So we're here to listen and, uh, help them out, make sure that they're, you know, they're not crazy. So, (laughs) you know, there, there are a lot of unexplained things out there that, I mean, John and I have gone through tons
1: of stuff, John, especially, but, uh, We're here to help people. That's right, and sometimes it's it's not a fearful situation. Sometimes it's a logical explanation. Oh, for sure. We you know
3: we we stress uh, you know for people to debunk right things. Uh, we like logic and and reasoning first. But if that if that fails, then feel free to get a hold of us, and then you know maybe we can. Help people out, listen to them, and and tell them what's going on in their homes.
1: You know what I think? Uh, one of the questions people are going to ask is, "Who are we? What, why did we get involved mm-hmm. in 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 the paranormal?" Or, uh, now we belong to a paranormal group." That's right. The yeah. acronym is SHIP: Strange
3: Happenings Investigators of the Paranormal. Right. And we were kind of based out of Fergus, Ontario,
1: mm-hmm.
3: uh, even though our our group leader lives in Rockwood, but mm-hmm. uh, many of the members are from Fergus and other places.
1: Yeah, we're kind of spread out uh, mm-hmm. uh, through s- uh, southwestern Ontario. Small town, small town group. That's right. And uh, one of the the best things uh, is is we're a caring group, and we want to help. And uh, there's no no charge to people. No, we. Exactly. Uh,
3: we don't charge anybody for our services.
1: Right. And we'll tell you a little bit more about uh, about SHIP uh, a little later on in this podcast, and future ones, uh, of course. But uh, how did we all get involved? So should I start
3: on that? Yes, please. <laughs> um,
1: my, my story kind of goes back to my grandmother and in my younger days, so... Uh, I would go visit my grandma, and at that point, she uh, was psychic. She read teacups, which is a very loving grandmother. And on top of that, though, I mean, she had uh, a lot of stories for me. And uh, I used to see my grandmother wake up in the early morning hours and, uh, you know, come out and – Make a tea for herself, and I would be sleeping on a cot uh, in the kitchen uh, for the weekend there. And and she would come out and like three in the morning or whatever, make herself a tea, and then sit across and be talking right across the table to uh, to somebody, to and, someone that wasn't there. Right. And uh, I was always fascinated by this. My whole thing was is that I didn't find this strange at all as a young Young kid, because uh, to me, I thought everybody's grandma was like that, right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, and she taught me so much. Um, she lost uh, her second child at a, um, at a very early age, I think, just uh, just short of a one year old, and uh, she told always told the story. And my my aunt, uh, who was the oldest child, uh, she tells the story today too at, at how her uh, how my grandmother was. Uh, saw the angels come down and knew that they were taking her son. And uh, so just the stories that I heard of that. uh, She also, uh, one time we got talking about uh, aliens or spacecraft, and she talked about one landing in the back. But she always said, you know what? They're not to be afraid of. They're not here to hurt us and stuff like that. So I never really had a a fear uh, of that side of it. So I always... It sort of made me aware of the paranormal. She talked about other things in the paranormal as well. Um, so I was always open to it through my whole life. Had different uh, experiences al- along the way as well. But, again, I always go back to grandma and say, I didn't fear it because she told me not to fear it. Mm. Uh, you know. So, and, um, and I think, and maybe you guys can even say, but they feed on fear sometimes. Uh, oh, for sure. Um, so.
3: One lady just told me recently, she's a very well-known, uh, I guess, medium, and she said acknowledgement is power, is empowerment. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, it it might be hard for you if something's happening at home, you know, if, if your cupboard doors are opening and closing on, on their own or something's moving or you're seeing dark shadows. I mean, it might be hard for the average person to not acknowledge that and, and not freak out and get your energy levels up and... Mm-hmm. And, you know that's what they feed on right. right but uh if you can just try and ignore it, keep calm and keep on right. doing what you're doing, watch t v read a book, whatever right and uh, because she said acknowledgement is empowerment, mm-hmm. and this lady only deals with uh malicious and demonic uh entities wow, yeah, so and yeah. she uh hopefully we'll get her on the show. I won't say her name just now, right but uh she's a very interesting lady, she's been all over the world. And uh, mm-hmm. she'd be a very cool person to have on here. Yeah, great. So,
1: yeah, so that was my, my story. My grandmother kind of opened my mind to it, and it's always uh, has been around for me. And uh, I just when paranormal started to come to television, of course, I was fascinated by by some of the stories on TV and. Uh, carried it from there, where it's like, well, I'd really like to get involved with a group and and investigate this stuff because I'm open to it, and uh, so that's how I got interested. Mm-hmm. So, very cool. All right, who's next? I guess uh, I guess that would be me. All
3: right, I guess. Uh, what do
1: you got for us, Dan?
3: So when I was three years old, um, I was born in Rexdale, which is a, uh, I guess a section of Toronto, and my my parents moved up to Caledon which is very different from Toronto. It's all farm fields, um, you know, dirt roads and forests. And the only thing you have to watch out for is, you know, the odd tractor or or deer running (laughs) in front of you, no street cars or buses or whatever, very quiet place. So my dad found a, a home up there, a little fixer upper on four acres of land and Almost immediately after we moved in, like I said, I was three years old, I started having terrible, terrible nightmares. And this continued on for years. Um, I don't know how frequent they were, but I can still remember how bad these nightmares were. And they were something that, you know, the mind of a three-year-old, five-year-old, eight-year-old couldn't conjure up. They were like uh, endless fields of rotating gears and machinery and almost like cogs and like the, like the inside of a a watch, like a Swiss watch. And, uh, everything was copper colored, brown, and then some of them, my father would be pulled uh, apart by some of this machinery and it was always my dad. Um, and when I, you know, I'd, I'd wake up screaming my head off and hyperventilating, my mom would come running in the room and she would always say that I was always pointing to the man in the corner. And of course she would never be able to see anyone there, but, uh, I would be pointing to this guy in the corner. Uh, and over the years we found out that the previous owner had committed suicide in our basement. He had overdosed on, uh, pills and alcohol. And apparently he was, uh, not a a very nice person. Mm -hmm. He was quite mean, drunk, abused his wife, his kids, that kind of thing. Slept in, slept in the basement a lot. He he probably drank down there and passed out more often than not. But he did die in our basement, which uh, became our music room. Uh, we had our piano in there, and my dad had his uh, old eight-track player and all sorts of cool stuff in there. And uh, I remember when I was a kid down the in the family room watching TV, I would always see a dark shadow in that doorway to the room. And you know what? When you're a kid, you, know, you play it off to imagination, or you don't think too much of it, or, mm-hmm. or you, you ignore it, right? Or I, I ignored it. So... We would often, uh, hear footsteps on our roof. The washer and dryer would turn on by itself. Um, the temperature gauge in the home would would get played with. It was the old rotary style that we used to have. And, uh, I would still have these nightmares, but they were less frequent than when I was quite young. So when I was about, I'm going to say 12 or 13. Uh, my mom and a friend of hers went to a psychic in Toronto, a well-known guy. He used to be, uh, Lauren Green's psychic. Oh, if wow, you remember wow. him from Bonanza, yep, Bonanza and right? Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> and, uh, this guy, he says to my mom, he says, do you know you have a, a ghost in your house? And my mom was like, yeah, I think so. She says, there's some weird stuff that goes on. She says, yeah. He says, he does not like your son. And he, oh. m- my mom had put two pictures on the table face down. One of me and one of my sister, and he had no idea what these photos were. And he reached over and he picked up my picture and flipped it over. Wow! Wow! I mean, he had a fifty-fifty chance. Right? Well, it could have been her but dogs, <laughs> you yeah. know, her dog and yeah. a cat, or it could have been anything. But he said, "Yeah." He said, "This guy's been all over your son for years." Hmm. And he said, "You got to get rid of him." So he gave my mom the number of a very well-known psychic by the name of Carol Davis. Hmm. She's a lady from Wales and moved here, I guess, quite a long time ago. And she had paired up with a gentleman by the name of Ian Curry. And he used to be a a professor at the University of Guelph. And uh, I don't know what... uh, I guess he had a lot of interest in the paranormal and the afterlife. And he even uh, wrote a book. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember the name of it, John?
2: No, but I remember him.
3: Yeah. But... uh, the. They came up to our house, uh, up in Caledon and this lady channeled this spirit that was in our, our home and she almost became him. It oh, was, wow. it was such a weird thing to see. Like she was sitting on the couch across from me and she doubled over and she started like dry heaving and retching. Oh and, no. Oh yeah. And, uh, swearing, <laughs> swearing like a trucker. Oh, like she, like she channeled this guy. All right. And uh, I thought my dad was going to throw them out of the house because he was very, uh, you know, he wasn't very open to this kind of thing. Yeah. So I guess he was doing it more for the benefit of my mom. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. So being the good husband. But uh, this Mr. Curry could see uh, whatever she was looking at. And she kept saying to the spirit, or he kept saying to her as she was channeling this guy, he said, go into the light. Go into the light. Like, mm-hmm. you're not welcome here. This isn't your home anymore. You've got to go. And she was like, F you and no, no. go screw yourself and dry heaving. And like like a, like a terrible, terrible and, and you're 13 watching this. Oh, yeah. Wow. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and my poor sister's sitting there and she's like total, like, straight man. <laughs> you know, and, and my, my mom and I were, were into the paranormal stuff. And uh, finally she got this guy to leave the house hmm. and step into the light. And uh, as soon as he was gone, the whole atmosphere of the house changed. Like my dad and I felt like a million dollars. Yeah. Like my dad was a tall man. He was six, four. And when I was 12, I was, I don't know, mm-hmm. five nine, five right. ten. you know, I'm a big guy now, but yeah. uh, <laughs> as a big kid, oh, yeah. but, uh, we felt like we were 10 feet tall. We uh-huh. stood up from the chairs and this lady, this Carol Davis, she mm. snapped out of it, came back to the normal little old Welsh lady. And uh she says, "Yeah, he's gone." Wow. And she said, "If he comes back, this is the thing that always got to me." She says, "Because he went into the light, right? And you always, you know, mm-hmm. you hear stories, you think, "Well, if you've gone into the light, you've Either gone to the penthouse or you've gone to the cellar, right? Right. So, but she said, if he comes back, you call me and just the sound of my voice will be enough to get rid of him. Wow. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I never thought much of it. Like if we, we sure. he was gone, we felt fantastic. And for years I tried to get a hold of her just to see if the sound of her voice mm-hmm. would, would produce something. Right. But I think she's, I, I know, uh, Mr. Curry passed on years ago. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that she, yep. might have passed away too because uh, she was an older lady at the time, and this is thirty years ago, right? Right. So, uh, but that was my introduction to that's something else the paranormal, and and uh, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've in the past two years, or I guess a year and a half, I've gone through way more, right? But uh, that, that was your that's, introduction. That's where it all started for me mm-hmm. as a kid. So, yeah. and here I am.
1: Oh, well, that's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Phantom Faction Podcast, our very first episode with Danny, Dan, and John. And uh, we're getting to some interesting stories here. Uh, first of all, you heard my story. We heard uh, Dan's story. And John, you have quite the interesting story. And, and a lot of this didn't happen too long ago. Th-
2: that's correct. Um, prior to uh, uh, my experience, I didn't believe in the paranormal. I was a skeptic or a, you know, if somebody saw something, okay, I wish I had some of what they were drinking and shared it with me. (laughs) The only thing that I experienced prior to the last uh, five years, the night my father died, he was in our home. And I watched my dad come out of the bedroom that he died in and he had cancer. We knew he was gonna go and he wanted to die at home. And I watched uh, a a semi-solid version of him walk through the kitchen walked right past me, he stopped, he looked at me, um, very confused look on his face, and went downstairs. And uh, two things, I regret that I never followed him, I wish I had have, um, and then, but I later on convinced myself that that was my coping with grief. Okay, right. And, and that's where I, and I even though I'm, for years, and we're talking about that was 22 years ago, For years, that didn't feel right, but that was, I just said, it couldn't be, right? Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as ghosts and what have you. We had a couple of minor experiences in the house after my dad was gone and before my mother sold, but it was, that's grief. And that's, your your mind saw that because you needed it or whatever it was, and that's Mm -hmm. what happened. Then fast forward, um, small town Ontario, I meet a woman I'm going to spend the rest of my life with, and she has her own place and I have my own place. Decided that we're going to keep her little place and we're going to renovate it and we're going to turn it into a rental property. So I started doing the demolition, doing 90% of the work, uh, cause we were trying to save money and it was a simple row. And, and the minute that I began to do those things, things in, started to happen in the house that, uh, started to get my attention. But again, you're always looking for a reason why it's not paranormal. It's not spirits. It's not ghosts. Cause that's not true. Right.
3: As soon as you started renovating. It's yep. Right.
2: Yeah, okay. had one minor experience in the house prior, like some door slamming um, that couldn't be explained. But again, you just like, it's like my dad, when he walked through the kitchen, right? That sure. can't be, it's, a, it's something, whatever. And the more renovations I did in the house, the more things that would happen. For example, tools on counters, I'd be upstairs and you hear bang, bang, and your sanders on the floor, your drills on the floor. I got into a habit of pushing them as far back on the counter as I could. So you're talking a t- kitchen counter, two feet, two and a half feet, whatever. And sure enough, they'd end up on the floor. I began to get this overwhelming sense of being watched. Um, and I remember sometimes being, you know, doing trim work, whatever, and quickly turning my head because I swore someone was there. Mm-hmm. I got into the habit when I was doing the rentals that I would lock the door because I was sure that somebody was coming in. Because the feeling, you know, you just, you know, you're like, you feel like you're being watched or something. And it all culminated um when i'm doing the last room in the house it's a bathroom there's just a floor left to do and i'm installing tiles and i go into that bathroom um or sorry i go into the, the master bedroom and as i walk in a garbage can that's filled with pop cans a couple pretty empty beer cans and some garbage starts to rattle in front of me
0: hmm, so the
2: first thing i'm thinking is raccoon uh, you know, what the heck, it's an old house. It's about a 100-year-old home. Maybe yeah. a mouse
3: in it or something. Or.
2: Yeah, and and then the can <laughs> begins to really rattle violently. And I remember kicking it, and it keeps rattling. And at one point, I'm looking in it, and the can is shaking back and forth. Like, And now when I think back on it, it's like somebody had it and was just shaking it. So it stopped.
3: And only the logical, sensible person wouldn't run from, <laughs> from yeah. that, well, right? Anybody unreal. else would have been like breaking uh, land speed records down the hall or down the road. But, but John's was just like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, I was convinced it was a raccoon, the right? Skeptic.
2: Sure. Yeah. And, and because it was a small, narrow, old metal, th- I thought, well, it's got a baby raccoon. And I remember poking around the garbage. There was nothing in that. There mm-hmm. was just pop cans and chip bags and things. And so then, okay, I'm thinking, okay, look, just get this tile work done and get out of here. And there's only like half an hour left of work. And I remember I went in and I laid some glue and I had to wait for it to set up. And then I'm standing looking at the bathroom and all of a sudden I realize that there is a nail just levitating across to the middle of the doorway to the bathroom and then it stops and it drops. And I'm like, now it's got my attention. Like, I mean, I'm really got my attention. And then all of a sudden off of the bathroom counter uh, a piece of paper just went off.
3: Just mm-hmm. psh, like blew off.
2: Blew off. Um, but it was like in a violent way. Um, later on at my home, a week later, when I tried to reproduce it, the only way that I could do it, I had to hit a piece of paper off my table as hard as I could to make it flutter like this thing. And it was the actual piece of paper I used. Um, and now I'm like, so I remember I grabbed a hammer because so I'm thinking there's somebody in that room, but that doesn't explain a nail floating through the air. Mm-hmm. And when you go into that room, off to one side, there's a counter. And I thought, there's got to be a guy on that counter. And that he hit that paper. Nobody's there. I back up again. And I remember I'm going, what the F? What? You know, I didn't know what's going on. I'm getting really concerned now. The room went to ice. Wow. I mean, literal ice. And I'm looking around, and we're talking July. No air conditioning, 100-year-old home. And now I'm freezing. And then I heard just this bang, bang, like somebody was running and I felt like I had something all over me. I had cobweb sensation. I had static all over my body and that's when I said, okay, I'm out of here. And I started heading for the stairs, old home again, narrow, little stairway, very steep, treads are very narrow. And all of a sudden, and I'll say this to my grave, I was pushed. Mm -hmm. And I remember I caught myself, and luckily that was a narrow stairway, and I caught myself, and I'm going down, and midway, I got pushed again. And so I'm out the door, and I remember to go back and finish that tile, I had my significant other with me, um, all these people, because I wouldn't go in that home alone again. And I I actually never have. I've never gone in that home alone. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I would be more comfortable with it, but at that time. And I remember when we rented it, I was so thankful. I thought I don't have to go back in that place again. And much to my huh, disappointment, whatever was in that home now followed me. And I started uh-huh. to see a massive, and, uh, he called himself, John. He started to talk to me, mm-hmm. um, a massive shadow person. And what was so intimidating, it would be about eight feet tall. And when he would come into a room, he would actually block light. So if you walked by a lamp, you couldn't see through him. Mm-hmm. If he walked by a wall. The wall behind him—you couldn't see—he was solid, and then he would dematerialize, or he'd walk into a wall. Now I'm really messed up now because something that can block the light can block the—you can't see through it, but it can disappear. And I became, uh, as Dan said, and as you guys were talking earlier, fear feeds them. Well, guess what? I'm scared to death now, mm-hmm. and things began to escalate from there got to the point where one day i was in the kitchen and i got punched in the back turn around quick There's somebody nope nobody's in the room it the best nights that i began to have would be if i was just shaken like somebody tried to wake you up and i kept thinking it was lisa but she's out like a light my better half she's not mm-hmm. even awake and you know sometimes you get shaken in the middle of the night you're like oh but no it wasn't for that it was spirits <laughs> and uh Are you sure it wasn't for that? (laughs) No. Well, yeah, not not with this beard. No. And um, it it escalated from there to where I began to be punched, to be hit, to the point where it would leave marks on my body. Mm -hmm. I had my, uh, and I can tell you to this day, my right foot squeezed so hard that I walked with a limp for weeks and weeks, bruised my foot all up. And I, the, Lisa would hear me wake up and I'd scream and she kept thinking I was having dreams of terror. Sure. And, uh. But I wasn't telling anybody because, uh, okay, if I say to my better half uh, and, you know, it's a newer relationship, you know, there's this giant black shadow walking through her house that blocks the
3: light. Because she can't see it either, right? And
2: she never did. You're the only one. Right. She never saw it. Um, Nobody in my house was affected but me. It seemed like, and the worst thing for me was when no one was around because that's when the activity would ramp up. And uh, so I'd be punched, hit, um, wake up yelling. And Lisa would be like, oh, John, it's a dream, you know? And I'm like, and I, I go, yeah, it was. And I didn't tell her.
1: Sure.
2: Um, and I lived with this torment for two years. It began to affect my life. I began to, I would stay awake so late, thinking that by the time you get to bed, no matter what goes on, there's no way you could wake you up because you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony from your group was SHIP, when he met me, he said, you look like a PTSD survivor. Mm-hmm. And I was really tormented. Um, and so I'm being hit. I'm being bruised. Um, The worst for me was I woke up one night and this spirit had been talking to me and it told me it was going to kill me. Um, I can do whatever I want and I'm going to not lie to you. Back in those days, I believed every bit of it. Right. You know, you can block the light. You can wake me. You can physically hit me, but you're not there and I can't see you. I believed every bit of it. And um, I woke up one night um, and I, I couldn't breathe. And I literally thought I was, and I was, Lisa's patting me on the back, and it was like something had just blocked my airway, and I couldn't breathe. Never happened in my life. It hasn't happened since. Um, The last thing that happened with the spirit when I finally really started reaching out for help, I thought, okay, you're either, you're crazy, and you need to find out. And I didn't want to get a psychic yet, and that's how Ship got involved. Um, I was in my basement, and this thing was talking to me, and it said, I can do whatever I want, when I want, and you can't stop me. And I remember... I said out loud, "F you," mm-hmm. and next thing you know, I started getting this pressure in my chest, and it's really getting. Inten- and it said to me, "See what I can do." And then I said, "F you" again, not to, to be bravado, it was just the, I, I didn't have anything else. And I remember at the point where I was literally at panic, then it let go, mm-hmm. and it just said to me, "I'm in charge." Wow! And then Tony and the gang came in. Your group did investigation, confirmed a lot of things.
1: You were and
3: Danny, you were part of that investigation,
2: right? I was. Yeah, yep. you, you came to
1: that house, and you right.
2: remember I didn't stay around
1: very long. Yeah, you came and opened the doors, and you said, "You guys are on your own." And uh, <laughs> goodbye. I didn't want yeah. to be there exactly. Did you?
3: Do you remember if you had anything happen to you that night that they were when they were doing their investigation at the other local a- property?
2: You know what? Actually, I do. I remember um, thinking that I'd wasted your time because I actually had a good night. Mm-hmm. But I'm suspecting that it was at the house now, Watching seeing that. what the heck what you guys are up to. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and
1: definitely, I can say that we we did feel it uh, as in the early part. It seemed to lighten up a little through the night, and even at that point, and I'll just add this in now. But I thought maybe <clears throat> it's not the house. Maybe it's John. Mm-hmm right? Maybe it's following John and attached itself because, because we weren't getting anything really solid at the beginning, but we did later on at the end again. So. Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah.
3: And do you remember if you got a lot of evidence from the house, like uh, EVPs, which is electronic voice phenomena for those who might not be familiar?
1: There was yeah. quite a few, wasn't there? there? There was quite a few, yeah. Um, we um, We were really you know, we really wanted to explore the upstairs where the floating nail and everything had happened at that point, And we weren't getting anything there. Um, but as we went, we were in the, uh, the front room area, and we seemed to be getting a lot on the, the K2 meter. Right. Uh, which was, uh, it was, you know, almost talking to us type of thing. Like, so you're getting, like, intelligent responses. Right, right. It was near uh, the end as we were wrapping up. Uh, We went into uh, one of the rooms and um, there was a, how how do you put that, uh, a latch or a hatch Mm -hmm. that would go into, and and I know I live in an older home as well, but uh, it would go into a dirt basement. Um, There was just such an ill feeling and heaviness at that point. And... uh, it was like, okay, we're not going to touch that there. <laughs> yeah, stay out of the basement. Yeah, and uh, I'm, you know, I I was a little like, no, I'm I'm not doing that, right? And so, and we never did, and we, we kind of left that as we're packing up, though. And you could hear, um, you know, we always do a little bit of a, a prayer or just enough to to keep it from following us, basically, when we sign off of a place. And uh, we could hear some singing on the recording, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at, at the end. I forget what song that was, John. Maybe you can. Uh, there was a female spirit that would
2: sing, right? And I remember the one song, and I'd, it's obviously an old song, but I remember yeah. her singing, "What am I going to do about you?" Right? And yeah. I didn't know if that was hmm. a made-up song, yeah. to like "What am I going to do about you?" meaning me, right. or if there is a really a song out there that does that.
1: And that was captured on our recorders, which yeah. we, we kept running all the way all the way through. But wow. Yeah, so uh, it it was fascinating. It was. Uh, I wish I'd been
3: part of that investigation, but that was way before my time. Right, that was yeah. a couple of years ago now. Right.
1: Yeah, it's got to be two or three years ago now. I I would think. But yeah, it yeah, and it was a unique. And even to look back in the history of of the place, you, you know, and and I think it, it did have a history. Uh, John, you can elaborate a little bit on that. But yeah, one of the you know,
2: original buildings on that uh, street in that town. Mm-hmm. And because it's a rental property, I'm not going to name the town, but uh, uh, the town was uh, dealt with fire many years. Many are talking a long time ago. Right. And this building, when we rented it, did have some burn sections. Right. And apparently there was some EVPs talking about the fire. And, yes, um, there was
1: some, as I remember, yeah.
2: Yeah, so I think it's it was an original storefront, and then mm-hmm. an addition for a home was put on. Um, so we're talking about a building that's in the 100 to potentially 120 years old. Been there a long time. Mm-hmm. And the interesting too, uh, about that house. So after ship came in and I remember Tony saying to me, you're not crazy.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And we got responses and he, you guys also do, I thought it, I gave you questions to ask yes. because I had these things kind of getting planted in my head mm-hmm. and you got answers to these questions. And I said, I want you to ask about the body in the basement.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And I get, I began to get bizarre dreams and there was a girl coming to me in a dream and she kept saying, I'm in the basement of your house. And I didn't get it. I'm, I'm thinking, and then I realized, and then she's dead. She's buried there. That's, yeah. And so then after Ship came in, you're not crazy. Tony made a suggestion of a psychic I should talk to. And I remember she walked into my house and she sat down, mm-hmm. hello, how are you? And she said, You're worried about the girl Allison that's buried in the basement of your house, aren't you? Wow. And she had no contact from Tony, from me, nope. because I didn't want to offer her anything. And she came out with that just like that. And um, that girl has come to me in many dreams since. And I've made a bargain with her that when we're between tenants, Mm -hmm. that we will go into that dirt floor basement and we will have a look. And she's given out a location of where she's
1: located. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's where we're going to go. Wow. That's fascinating. I think what we'll do is uh, take a bit of a break, a little bit of a breather. You're listening to the, the first episode of Phantom Faction
0: Podcast. All right, let's take a pause. You're listening to Phantom Faction Podcast. To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. Here's your trio of hosts, Dan, John, and Danny.
1: Back on Phantom Faction Podcast, our uh, very first episode, and, uh, and when we left you, uh, we kind of left you hanging. Uh, John is going to continue his story now. Uh, John, don't leave us hanging now. Where were we? So uh, after getting the help from ship, uh-huh. psychic help, um,
2: and I had a, a really well-known psychic in the area really kind of uplift me, and she said, you don't realize it, but you have some of these abilities yourself. And she gave me some tools to, to cope with the situation. And as we said earlier, uh, fear is a massive one. Um, it's like uh, it's like feeding a baby that grows at like 100 times the speed of a regular baby. You give it that fear, that energy, and it'll just grow. And that's what I was creating. Um, I actually made this thing more than it was because I was literally terrified. Um, you know, running out of your own home because you're, you can't handle the activity and what have you. So with their help, I began to understand that if I wasn't afraid, that things would diminish, mm-hmm. and uh, with time, I was actually able to have it presence I knew was lurking or coming or showing itself, and I'd have no reaction. And the more that I had no reaction, the less that it had its actions. And I think that for anybody listening who's uh, you know f- afraid of or thinking there's something around, that's the biggest, it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. um but the fear is a big one and as I if you will stop feeding it it began to stop showing itself to me um but we do have a, a good story because he would always pop in from time to time and one of the ways that I knew that he would pop in um he would open my side door and just slam it open and I remember sending Dan Texas and saying that you know he and his we called him big John he called himself John t- to us um but that wasn't his real name. We don't think it, it was. was Richard, Richard. That's right. And he didn't like that name. So, he, but he, mm-hmm. I think it was, I was little John and he was big John, you know, just kind of an intimidation right. thing and whenever he would announce himself, he would just throw open my side door. Mm-hmm. And I got to the point where I would say, Hey, good for you. You can open a door. Um, can you clean the floors? And I would just say something smart and I wasn't giving him any fear. You know, he'd get two seconds of, you know, you're startled, your door flew open. Um, and we got into the habit as a couple, now that my uh, significant other, my fiancee, is on board, uh, we would always lock the door just in case because we didn't want the cat getting out. Um, but after one series of times where he kept coming in and Dan came up, um, and he did, a, we did we did some recordings, we did some uh, looking for EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon. And we had a, I'll let you tell it, Dan, because Dan sensed him in the room. And we had a really neat kind of visual proof that he had uh, been kind of lurking around us.
3: Yeah. So uh, we certainly won't say where, where John lives, but we'll say uh,
1: close to Lake Huron. Sure. Right,
3: That's good enough. A big lake. Yeah. It's a big lake. <laughs> Lots and of towns. And you
1: connected, Dan, you connected with John through, uh, through Tony? Shi- yeah. Through ship? Through ship. ship. Yep, through, through ship. ship. Okay. Yep.
3: So, uh, yeah, so Tony gave me John's uh, contact info. We started texting each other and- You know, kind of hit it off because we were talking about all these these strange events that were happening to us. And John was telling me about uh, this malicious spirit, Big John, and what he was doing, you know, punching him when he was sleeping and Mm. cranking his heel and and all sorts of stuff and telling him that he was going to kill him and he could do whatever. And, of course, being the knucklehead that I am, I couldn't wait to get up to John's house (laughs) (laughs) and experience (laughs) this for myself. So the first time I went up to John's place... um, I was there for quite a while. Like I I went up there pretty early. I probably probably got up there around lunchtime. Took me a couple hours from where I live. We were just sitting there having a drink and, and, uh, John was telling me about uh, a lot of the other experiences that he's had in in his home as well. And that will, I mean, we've got stories for a dozen podcasts (laughs) just from John's place alone, Mm -hmm. but, uh, John was showing me around the house. And he said, uh, well, let's go upstairs. And, and John has that, the type of home where you can look over the railing from the second floor and see the dining room and uh, the living room. And we, were, we just had just entered John's master bedroom, and we could hear footsteps downstairs. And we were the only two in the home. And we both kind of looked at each other and said, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah. So we looked over the, the railing, and John has these beautiful... Well, they are almost like cherry wood. Yeah, Brazilian cherry, cherry Brazilian cherry wood, uh, hardwood floors. And we looked down we could see these uh, footprints in the floors. like They were like watermarks. And they were huge. Like John mm-hmm. had always said, like the spirit had projected himself as, as a really big guy, like mm-hmm. you know, seven foot tall or whatever. Right. So I said to John, I said, well, you stay up here and I'm going to go downstairs. Uh, I'm a big guy. Mm. I'm six foot seven, 300, none of your business pounds, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, I wear a size 15 shoe. Right. And I put my feet beside these watermark impressions, these, these footprints. And this guy must've had at least a size 18, 19 shoe. And, uh, they were huge. And I had my digital recorder going the whole time. And, uh, I said, to, I said to the spirit, I said, man, John, I said, you're a big bloody man. And when we, I played it back, I heard his voice say, "You're right mm-hmm. so that was that was very cool too, yeah, but John and I sat down and continued to drink beer and and you know tell stories and stuff and and I looked over and I could see this spirit, this big John guy uh standing almost where the the footprints were on the floor, and John couldn't see him, which was funny, but he was projecting to me mm mm-hmm. And I said, to, I turned to John. And I said, I said, oh, he's standing right here, and I described him, and, and John confirmed, you know, the short black hair, and he was a big dude, and I was looking right at him, and I was like, holy cow, there he is. Mm-hmm. He's a bi- he's a big man.
1: Was that the first that you started seeing for, spirits? For seeing me, spirits? Yeah. yeah.
3: No, when I I mean I, I've got. Uh, I mean, when I was a kid, I used to see them all the time. Okay, and that so. those are stories for another time too. But yep. uh, it had been a long time since I'd seen anything. Right. Um, I guess I kind of closed myself off to it. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. shut my mind off. But yep. uh, when I joined ship and started doing some of the paranormal investigations with them, opening and all, your mind up, I right? opened uh, yeah right back up, and I, I saw this guy John in John's living room, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Holy cow! There he is!" And right. he's a Big bloody man, <laughs> like I, like I said, I'm six seven, but I would have been, he would have been at least a foot taller or a head taller than me, right? And uh, the one thing uh, I said to him, the spirit was, uh, you know what, you, don't be following me home. Mm-hmm. You know, you can bugger right off. Like you stay here and torment poor little John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, you stay right here, dude. Yeah, right. But uh, <clears throat> Tony from ship. Um, And I went up uh, last December and spent the whole day and an overnight at John's place. Um, uh, John's, I guess, wife uh, stayed somewhere else and she knew a couple guys were coming over and you know, we Mm -hmm. sat around and we we drank beer and ate chips all day and uh, had our recorders going. And it was pretty quiet, like all the stories that John had told us about uh, this big John spirit and All the other stuff that uh you know the the freaky stuff that happens in his house which which he'll elaborate on in future podcasts uh it was it was pretty uneventful so Mm -hmm. at it came the time that it was time to go to bed and tony slept in your daughter's bedroom which (laughs) is on the main floor (laughs) looked like a i don't know Mm -hmm. a little funny big tony on this little bed (laughs) right so i got the basement and uh I guess John's still doing some renovating too. And I was in this, this windowless bedroom. It just has a bed and maybe a dresser. So no end tables or anything else. And something, so there's no light coming in. It's pitch black. You turn the light off. It's, it's dark. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, something in the back of my mind said, sleep in your clothes, just in case you have to jump up in the middle of the night. And maybe that was just me, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. But, uh. I have this little uh, a rock in my pocket. It's, it's, it's made of selenite. And a lady gave it to me. She says it, it wards off psychic attacks. And so I thought, oh, whatever. I had it in my pocket. But uh, I wore my jeans to bed. And when I rolled over, this thing was digging into my hip. So I said, well, screw this. I took it out of my pocket and I put it on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I have sleep apnea, so I've got one of those CPAP right? stupid machines where you've got the mask and it blows the air in your mm-hmm. airway and stuff. So I put it down beside that. And I flipped over on my left-hand side and not two minutes later, something grabbed this selenite rock and went, Mm. wrapped twice hard on the floor. And I'm going to give credit to myself. I didn't react. I knew what it was and I knew what happened. I just kind of went, come on, dude, it's, it's time to go to bed. You know, go go hunt somebody else. Right. Mm -hmm. So then about 10 minutes later, um. In the family room, which is right on the other side of the door, I could hear all these pieces of wood that John had uh, being tossed around, like distinctive. Like, yeah. And I knew it wasn't Tony or, or little John here Shoot. downstairs, and I knew it wasn't the cat. But I, I still went, you know what? I'm not getting up. You're not You're not uh, affecting me. You're not dragging me out of bed. It's bedtime. Mm-hmm. So I fell asleep pretty quickly. I had a decent sleep. And then 7 in the morning I woke up and I looked over at my phone and I was like, oh, I'm, I'm up about an hour earlier than what I'd set my alarm for. So I, I rolled over again my and my right hand was kind of up, you know, just kind of hanging out of the, the blanket. And doesn't this big John spirit come over and go, and slapped my hand. Like, gave me a good slap. Wow. And I still, to my credit, went, yeah. bugger off, dude, you know, right. like I, you know, I want to get an extra hour of sleep, like sleep is precious, precious, right? Right. So uh, I didn't jump up, I didn't scream and and I, I think he was kind of annoyed. Yes. Because I, he didn't get a rise out of me mm-hmm. and you know, that was like his little, ah, like you jerk, right? Yeah. And, and he, he buggered off. Mm-hmm. So when I turned the lights on about an hour later, I looked, I looked down and uh, my CPAP machine was uh, on an angle. Like, he had taken all the cables and the wires and bunched them up, like, mm-hmm. into a little pile and put the machine right on top of them. And if anyone has one who's listening, there, there's a little a water thing in there to keep your throat from going dry. And some of the water had leaked out. And I guess that was his other way of saying, you will look at me, like, bullying right. a little mm-hmm. bit, right? Yep, but exactly. I went, oh, good for you. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like John, oh, good for you. You. You're blocking out the light. What's your next trick, right? Right. So I came upstairs and John was already up. And I said, "Uh, how was your night, John? And he goes, oh, I had a great sleep. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) he says, I had one of the best nights. And I said, yeah, because your buddy was downstairs bothering me all night. And Tony was still cutting logs in the other room. But uh, that was my experience with this big John spirit. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is gone now which is good. And that's a story for another time because we will be here all day talking about that. Right. But, uh, one thing I was going to mention to you, John, um, didn't the psychic say that he was well known in the area where you were? That's right. Uh,
2: I had one psychic. I was hoping would clear him from my home when I was in the terrified stage and she seemed really intimidated Mm -hmm. and uh, she was insistent that if she did it, my cat couldn't be in the house. Because okay. she claims she's seen animals get possessed and she didn't want to be around a cat, even a declawed one like mine. Um, <laughs> she wanted her husband there
1: yeah.
2: and I had to be out. Yeah. And uh, she, eventually she canceled and never rescheduled. And, but she had communicated to me that she has encountered the spirit before in our area. Okay. At, at other homes. Other, other homes, homes, also at uh, different psychic readings that she's done that he's been around. And he's been around for a long time like we figure he he died what the 40s 50s some kind of thing that's what we figured it was and he's been tormenting people for years ever since Mm -hmm. um yeah like i said we got more stories about him that we'll share uh down the road um but we seem to dan and i have developed some abilities and we were able to finally get him to be gone and just like when dan talked earlier about when they go into the light we didn't put him into the light because we didn't really care where he went He's a bit of a, mm-hmm. an ass. We are going to bugger off. Um, yeah. But the, one of the things that seems kind of bizarre, I don't know how it works, is that there seems to be this ability that spirits, if they choose, they can come back, right? Uh, good ones or bad ones. And that would be something that hopefully down the road we'll talk to some psychics and they can elaborate on that who have experienced more of this than we have. So. Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yeah. Uh, do you think it, it's true a lot of them uh, – they they want to be noticed. That's why they play tricks or they make noises or, uh, yeah. you know, they they want to connect as well. Yeah, I think this guy, when he wants
2: to connect, it's for control. Right. Yeah, like I, I think throughout his life, and I've got a good reading on him, um, he's about control. Mm-hmm. And I think what happened was, well, I, I should not say, in the beginning, this is what the first psychic told me, you went in and you changed his environment. And you weren't getting all his messages, the tools being knocked off, the garbage cans shaking, and all those different things that went on. And this is why he's trying to punish you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yeah, exactly. But with him, it was he wanted to be noticed, but he also wanted control, and he wanted to feed off your energy. Right. And what I thought was unique about that spirit was this psychic said, she's encountered the spirit many times. So it wasn't just me that he was tapping into, there's a lot of other people. Right. So if he's gone for good, we hope, I hope he's not tormenting someone else. Right, but again, that's a big. Uh, oh so boy.
1: I'm thinking that from the time that this spirit was able to latch on to you, because mm-hmm. it saw an opening that you well, first I your, gave it your fear. Yep. Right. Plus uh, the fact that he probably realized that hey, you know what, I can connect with this person. He's going to notice me. Yep. Right. Exactly. Uh, and and some people are closed to anything like that, so they can't connect with them.
2: Yep. And then when I, I gave him what he needed, when I look back on it now, right. he needed the energy to feed off of. And, and also, like when Dan didn't respond to him, mm-hmm. there's nothing there for him. Right. Um, if Dan jumped out of bed and went upstairs and said, hey, guess what happened? Well, then that's going to feed him. And I did that in the beginning right you know getting up at three o'clock in the morning because i got hit and i wouldn't stay in bed and mm-hmm. all the things that i did it just it fed him that's you know and he and i think that helped him become even more than what he was
1: mm-hmm. right yeah well, we've talked about these uh spirits um uh, and some of them have like you said this one was a bully mm-hmm. and uh but there are good spirits as well that oh. uh, that we can connect with and we have yep. oh, for sure. we, yeah there sure
3: we uh we owe a lot to the good spirits for helping us get rid of them, actually. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we'll talk about that in a, at a future date.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and and absolutely, grandmas, there's people that will be listening that grandma's watching over you and helping when she can and grandpa. And There's yeah. great spirits out there. I would say the malevolent, uh, malevolent, uh, malicious, and malicious vi- uh, spirits and all those, are, I wouldn't know what the person, that's the few and far in between. Right. Um, but it does happen. Right. And, and that's part of what we're uh, with the podcast for me. I know for every person that speaks up, there's probably 20 that won't because they're terrified and I don't want to think people to think I'm crazy. I know it. I, I, I live through all those emotions. Mm-hmm. So and it's it
3: not something you tell a coworker or, you right. know, like, you know, you're sitting or or you tell your, your wife or your kids or your husband, you know, if, if it's only affecting you because you don't want them to think that you're – crazy. You know, your cheese is sliding off your cracker. Exactly. Or, or whatever, <laughs> exactly. right? Exactly. Because, uh, but it's very true. So like John yeah. said, ho- hopefully this podcast will, uh, get out to some people who are looking for some help and some confirmation that, uh, you know, that there is something that's trying to contact them, whether it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they have someone to talk to. Right. So, and, and it, you know, and when we get, uh, when we get things going and, uh develop our podcast and website and everything, then then people will have a way to get a hold of us anonymously if they wish, and uh, we'll right. go from
1: there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to even uh, doing some podcasts on location, mm-hmm. uh, which should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a few investigations that we're looking at uh, in doing in the near future, so hopefully that'll all pan out, and mm-hmm. we'll keep you informed here uh, as best we can. Um, I was going to talk about uh, tools as well, and... Uh, I, I'm not going to go into the the main tools right now that we use in an investigation, but the tools that uh, say John um, like remote viewing. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you explain that a little bit? What what you, know, you use that from time to time, and you mentioned it a little earlier on. Uh, can you explain what remote viewing is and and maybe how it's done? Sure, um, and I'll, I'll give it to my my perspective because I think for some people it's different um, mm-hmm. how they do it.
2: Um, a really well known psychic. Uh, kind of introduced the topic to me. And I discussed a couple of bizarre situations I've had where I felt like I was out of body. Mm -hmm. And then she explained it, and then she had me do some research. And uh, long story short, now, um, there's many times when ship is going to do an investigation. I'll get a little snippet of information, maybe a picture of one room. Um, I've had times where they just give me, think about where we are, and I seem to be able to find a way to get to it. Mm-hmm. And the way I can describe it is it's like I become less aware of where I am. So, for example, if I remote view from this room right now, I get less aware of what's around me, and I, it's like I'm transported somewhere else. Okay. And I'm able to uh, move through the room, look around. I can sometimes see things. Sometimes it's not really super clear. It can be black and white quite often. Mm -hmm. Um, Lately, it's starting to get into color, which is a lot more uh, exciting that way. But if these guys are at an investigation, you guys are at an investigation, and there's a spirit there, if they communicate, it's like it pulls me right in. Mm -hmm. And I can literally have – and their whole thoughts will start jumping into me. And I'm able to relay that, and I can say that there's a male spirit there. He's angry or there's a woman, and then and, and you guys have done things where you've come back with evidence to support that.
1: Exactly, yeah. yeah.
2: So for me, mm-hmm. the, the remote viewing, I think some people it's it's a little bit different, but that's kind of what happens to me. Mm-hmm. And I've had times where there's things going on in my house and I'm completely unoblivious to it because I've. it's kind of like I left. Yep. And the, 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 <laughs> the quickest way I can describe it is, uh, apparently I did this one time during my cat's supposed feeding time, and while I was remote viewing, he bit me and brought me right back. Oh, okay. It's so like I'm not even uh, aware, you know. Right. And if you knew my cat and the antics he goes through to get fed, it's amazing I didn't notice it. And mm-hmm. so literally he bit me to kind of say everything else didn't work.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, so. and, and Dan, you've done this as well with remote viewing? Uh,
3: to, not to the extent that John has. Mm-hmm. And I almost seem to think that maybe, like John and I have had a kind of a weird connection, and we're still trying to figure out what mm-hmm. that weird connection is. Um, uh, but we did, uh, we did a remote viewing of, of one investigation that we had in Oakville, which was a, a basement apartment. And, uh, you know, we won't give out too many details about that, but it was uh, a young couple with a, a small five-year-old little guy. Mm-hmm. And they were having all sorts of issues with shadow figures and tall Mm-hmm. people in robes and banging touch you when you' sleep banging on the walls and the, wow. the little boy was seeing stuff come out of his closet. And uh, when I went there physically with mm-hmm. Tony from ship um, to do the art investigation, uh, I said I texted John. I said, "Are you here? like remotely?" And he said, yeah, he says, uh, you're in the kid's bedroom. Wow. And he was bang on. He says you're really trying hard in there, and I, and I was I was really trying hard to communicate and have the EVPs going. Mm-hmm. And he described uh, the apartment perfectly. Yep. And he even described the uh, the mother. hmm And he was like, oh, she's pretty cute, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah. hold on a second, you know. And I was right. like, yeah, she's <laughs> nice looking girl. And mm-hmm. and he described her and everything, and I was like, wow, like yeah. So John blew me away. You mm-hmm. know, and, and with uh, Dan being there, it's almost like it amplified, right? And amplified, yeah. But it's
1: definitely a connection. But it almost
3: there, seems exactly. like there has to be a spirit involved, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I've said to John, you know, I've texted him from home, said, uh, "Can you tell me what I'm wearing?" Yeah. Or can you tell me where I am? And he's like, "Well, you know."
1: Yeah, it doesn't work quite. No, it doesn't. Like it doesn't, that it doesn't work yeah. that
3: way. But yeah. the first time that John and I texted, um, oh, the experiment. Yeah, the yeah. experiment. I said. Uh, I said, can you project to me from where you are what -hmm. your house looks like? And he says, okay, well, let me give it a whirl. And I got this image in my head, and I texted him back, and I said, your house is gray Mm -hmm. vinyl siding. Mm -hmm. And he says, hold on. So he went outside, he took a picture, and he sent it to me, and (laughs) it was gray vinyl siding. Yeah. Like, I could have said red brick, beige brick, log cabin, like whatever. but it was yeah. gray vinyl siding. And I was like, wow. Yeah. So, and that was the first time that I have had ever done that. Right. And John said it took a lot, of, a lot out of him. Yeah. It was the first time to, for to me. project that to me. Yeah. And we we're both kind of got really tired after the fact, but. Right. I noticed the more we do it, the easier it gets. hmm And it is a neat trick. Again. <laughs> you know, I, w- I don't want to call it a trick, but yeah. is isn't, it is a neat gift or a ability. That's right. And, uh, like, yeah. John, the stuff that he can do, it, it blows me away sometimes. Right. And, uh, you know, those, like like I said, we got way more stories about uh, things
1: like that. Oh, oh, exactly, exactly. Um, any other, uh, say, can I call them mental tools or anything that you might use, John, besides remote viewing, or is there somewhat of psychic ability involved? Um.
2: The psychic that I, I talked to, and mm-hmm. I'm going to work really hard to get her on our pod but for us, um, she said that, that I've got something there. And, right. And I never knew it. And what I would tell you is I went through a, a health crisis mm-hmm. and things amplified after that. And sometimes they call that an awakening. Sure. And, and yeah. then it seemed to really go in spades for me. It wasn't just that I noticed the spirit that was tormenting me. Um, I noticed all kinds. Right. Um, I remember I had to go to the hospital for follow-up things, and I'm seeing people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you realize they're not there. And that happens all the time now. Yeah. Um, and, and what I do when, for example, if I go to a location and, you know, Tony or Dan, and Dan's gone to places on his own to get some, and, and I'll just say, I'll, like I'll show up, mm-hmm. and I'll just say, talk to me. Who's here and who wants to talk? And it's amazing how many times. Yeah. Um, a location that Dan was at, uh, we, we found the cranky old former owner. And he's telling me things that's resonating with the owners and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's oh, just was that the guy wor- worried about the, the renovations? Yeah. He yeah. didn't like the renovations, right? <laughs> and, um, so for me, uh, the, the couple of the things that I do is I just, I close my eyes, I ground myself, we'll talk about it in future pods about protection. So you don't leave yourself vulnerable. I do all my protection. Exactly. And then it's just like I, I, I get transported and right. sometimes it's a slow process, sometimes mm-hmm. it's instantaneous. And then I'll just say when I'm there, who wants to speak to me? And usually, sometimes it's the most angry ones. Um, and sometimes it's very chatty ladies that just come out and start to... Sometimes you get like three or four of them at
3: once too, right?
2: Yeah, you were guys were at a location and I got overwhelmed, I had to leave. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. uh, the, um, the poorhouse. Um, that oh, the Wellington Museum. Yeah, Wellington right. Museum, the former poorhouse, right? I, I had to leave. It was too much.
1: Too much, yeah. Too
2: much. It was like literally it was like a, it felt like there was like 100 people trying to talk to me at once. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and I'm and i just – I'm not good enough to Single pick a them out. couple. I couldn't do it. It overwhelmed me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember that night I went to bed. <clears throat> I was done. It just exhausted me.
1: So – Well. Yeah. And uh, and I think this is what it's all about Is is you went and – reached out for help uh through psychics or anybody that you could and i think this is what we're trying to do too is is let you know that you're not crazy if you're having these experiences yeah. although some of you may be but there's <laughs> exactly. a bunch of you that aren't that's yeah. right. right right yeah but, and, uh, and
3: uh don't trust all psychics or mediums either exactly We've, yes. we have found out that there's a lot of uh mm-hmm. you know fraudsters out there because, you know, people making money off people's fears and, you know, they say, oh, I want to connect with grandma and, oh, okay, you know, like, Mm. so just be careful. There are those people out there that are just out to make a buck.
2: And there's good investigative
1: groups that do it for free because it's something that... It's a, a passion. It's a passion. It's that's a right. passion. It's yeah. We 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 want answers. We don't know all the answers, but uh, right. you know we that's what we're there for. We're trying to get some answers as well. And we're almost providing yeah. a
3: service to the the spirits as well, because right. if if they're able to communicate with John or me or you, mm-hmm. then they might get a their own little sense of closure and say, oh, I was able to you know to project myself and and. You know, let them know that I'm still here, I'm still around, uh, I'm looking after, you know, I'm looking over my daughter, my granddaughter, whatever. You know, when Dan said, that's so true
2: because the the place that we helped out in in Oakville, um, one of the things that troubled the owner was that uh, she had an aunt who had had taken her life. Mm -hmm. And her fear was that she wouldn't be able to pass over. And she was so thrilled that through my remote viewing that I was actually able to describe this woman. Mm-hmm. And the woman was there with her grandmother, which yep. happened to be her, this lady's mother. And um, when we figured it out and I described her, it turns out the, it was the aunt there helping in this kind of tormented family. Mm-hmm. And it brought her a lot of peace to know that she's actually okay. Right. And, um, and and it was a little bit of a language barrier and we were able to, but yeah, it was a neat uh, yeah. way to.
3: Yeah, because they she'd had a, a strong Catholic Upbringing too, right? Mm-hmm. And suicide is a big no-no. Right. So she, I guess, she thought her poor aunt was she wasn't gonna was, uh, yeah. in a lake yeah. of fire kind but of thing. She But she was. There she was looking after the little guy and floating around and yeah, doing mm-hmm. her spiritual duties and and uh, yeah, I guess it, it made made uh, made her feel a mm-hmm. lot better about that. Yep. So
1: yeah, I think with my myself in any investigation, I I feel the heaviness or negativity in mm-hmm. the air. You know, you just you feel it. And sometimes that lifts as well uh, as you, you know, you're making a little progress or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, you can you can feel that totally lift. And, and, well, I think you described that before, Dan, where uh, just the room just changes, oh, and you know. Oh, and when that lady got rid of that guy in my home. Right.
3: Oh, it, it was it was night and day. It was, it was almost yeah. like the room was full of water mm-hmm. and she pulled the plug right. and drained the room and it was like, oh, I feel... Fantastic. Yeah. Mm.
1: And and some of these people are so used to living in that negativity. In, That's in that, right. Um, and they might not even realize it. Right. 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 You become so, accustomed. Yeah, and yep. we'll talk
3: about ways you can help with that on your own as well. So.
1: Right. Um, just uh, briefly some of the uh, tools that we use. A recorder is a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, for catcher, catch, catching uh, EVPs.
3: Yes. Uh, yeah, you'll hear us say EVPs a lot, which is electronic voice phenomena, and that's just. Uh, sometimes we use a digital recorder. Sometimes we use the audio apps on our cell phones. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't recommend that you do it at home. So,
1: <laughs> you know. Yeah, and that's a, that's a big thing. Is, is should people do their own investigations? No, I like? don't. I don't think so. I, I think that kind of opens you up to. Right. And that's a whole Even other more. subject when you get into Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. Stay, and, yeah, stay, know, away, stay from, away from those things. Right. Stay away is, so, is what yeah, I say. If
3: you really think that there's something, then, then get a hold of a credible paranormal group, right. ones that shouldn't charge yep. for it. That's right. And, uh, you know, they'll come up and
1: yep. get a sense of what's going on and talk to you. And, yep. and uh, I'm always amazed at uh, listening back. I mean, you know— it, you see on TV these you know it's it's all cut and edited and everything and it makes it look so short but the whole once you're done the investigation and then you sit back and you have to listen to everything once again you know yep. go through your evening but you're just amazed in the recording at what you you missed really mm-hmm. There's whispers, there's voices sometimes there's,
3: there's yelling Yes yep and you don't yep. hear it with your your actual ear but you'll hear it on the the digital yep. recorder. So the the belief, back up a bit. The belief is that uh, spirits talk at a different vibrational Mm -hmm. rate and a different speed than us. So that's why 99.9% of us don't hear them. Right. Uh, Our friend Tony, who is clairaudient.
1: Clairaudient, yeah. There's another good phrase Yeah, there's
3: another good thing to uh, discuss one day too. (laughs) Um, He has ears like an elephant. Mm Mm-hmm. Like he'll he'll be sitting there during an investigation and he'll, and he'll say, "Something just told me to f off," mm-hmm. and we're like, "Well, we didn't hear anything." And he'll play back the recorder and you'll hear a spirit call, "F you," yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then you yeah. hear his voice on the recorder saying, "Hey, something just told me to get bent," right? <laughs> yeah. Or uh, so uh, that's his, uh, I guess, his I- intuitive ability skill, skill. Right. and because uh, it's very rare to hear a disembodied voice, which is where you can actually hear it with your with your own ears i've i've only experienced it twice Mm -hmm. um once was at that oakville property and tony was plugged in with his earphones on his laptop reviewing evps Mm -hmm. but uh me and the uh the young couple we we heard the voice it was a a woman
1: yelling Mm -hmm. and uh so that was that was kind of neat oh yeah yeah. But uh, a, a lot of them, it seems to be in whispers. I'm not sure the reason for that or whether they're just trying to. well, sometimes it sounds electronic as well, right? It that's almost true sounds too. like
3: a like a robotic voice, Yep. and mm-hmm. i I don't know if that's part of the digital recorder or if it's just the, the vibrations that they project themselves, but I don't know something uh, mm-hmm. something to look into on yep. our own as well.
2: And I think sometimes when uh, your group walks into a place, and the whispers happen because I think they can sense that, you know, like Dan and others in the group can sense these things. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of apprehension on their part, and there's, there's a little bit of whispering. And it, and sometimes too, that's the, you know, the, maybe the quiet, passive spirits, and it's the aggressive ones that'll really, use, who don't care, they will come out with the, you know, right. the profanities and what have you, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost as they have to be feeling comfortable as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and definitely they're not on the same plane as us, as no. we would say. So even their uh, and a lot of their them vocal range. A lot
3: of them don't know that they're gone. That that is they're right. deceased, deceased. So they might be in a, a weird state of confusion. Mm-hmm. So we might be paranormal to them. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. So They might be like, oh my God, what you know? Who are these guys? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Or, that's or, true. That, yeah. Or, yeah. Where do they come from? Right. And you yeah. know, don't don't. You know, don't let them hear us that kind of thing
1: yeah so especially when we're in a in a situation where um uh recently we did a theater and you know so a lot of people go to the theater mm-hmm. right so and uh, i think it was you john that said that uh there was uh one spirit there that just didn't want the rest to be speaking to yeah, us yeah
2: i i could hear him when i went there uh telling all the others to shut the bleep up yeah and that just and, and you guys got a few whispers Yep. And he was like kind of like the alpha spirit, mm-hmm. and it was funny how the others just towed the line. Mm-hmm. Right, and he even and there was quite a to few people there people away, way, too. There's, there was a lot, there was like a dozen or more. And he right. just wanted them to stay away from you, which was really kind of bizarre. It's almost like his like his little herd, you know? And right, yeah. Who knows? what – Again, it'd just he's, be interesting to talk to the Phantom Posse. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, exactly. <laughs> so.
1: Exactly. Uh, anything else that we'd like to add before we uh, wrap up our? Uh, Phantom Faction podcast I think that was a good
3: introduction to the three of us. And uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully it gets the uh, listeners' attention and they they come back and we'll have some more good stories for them. And
2: And just know we want to help.
1: That's the goal.
3: That's
2: That's
1: right. right. We'll uh, have our Facebook site up and you'll be able to uh, pop on by Phantom Faction. Uh, I guess the Facebook site will will reflect that.
3: Yeah, for sure. Uh, We'll have uh, photos up and maybe we'll have some little... uh, bios on yep. some of the members of... Some and con- a link contact to, uh, information, And a link
1: to uh, the Paranormal Group ship. Yeah, become a part of our faction.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That's right. We'd love to have you aboard. Uh, Dan, John, thank you so much. Thank you, Danny. Thank you. And we're looking forward to episode two coming soon. Music provided by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com
0: To reach out to Phantom Faction, see our Facebook page or email us directly at phantomfaction@outlook.com. at outlook.com